You're listening to audio from Kingsway Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit kingswaychurch.org. Well, good morning, church. Hey, it was really good. Welcome to Kingsway. Super glad you're here. If you're online right now, check us out. Welcome to Kingsway. And if you're coming here for this first uh, Sunday, maybe ever for you, this is the end of a five-week series. Next week, we'll be back to the book of Luke. And so we're doing this thing called Relentless Pursuits, and today's a really big day, and I'll explain why in just a minute. But for those of you who've been here, you know it's Commitment Card Sunday. So years ago, I heard this story. My last pastor told it. Now, somebody asked me, is that a true story? And I said, I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't, you know, it, it, they didn't have the internet back then. But um, I'm not that old. I'm just kidding. But anyway, but here's the story. Here's how it goes. In Africa, there was a church that was going to do a a special service. And as a part of the special service, everybody was bringing a gift to the Lord. And so the special service all planned and everybody was bringing everything. And this little boy in the village, he goes out early in the morning, the day of the actual service. And he gathers, gathers, that's grabs and gathers. He gathers a basket. It's gonna be a long morning. And he uh, takes the basket with him and he's going to the fields And every time he finds a perfect berry, he picks it and he puts it in the basket. So if he sees a a berry that's not quite fully developed yet, he would just leave it there. And if he found a berry that was overripe, he would just leave it there. If it had any kind of dent or bruise or bug bite in it, he left it there. And because he was so meticulous, he only wanted to bring the Lord his absolute best. He would wait and find that berry and pick it and put it in his basket. Soon his basket got just about filled, but it wasn't all the way filled and he kept working diligently. But as time went on, he began to hear music and drums off in the distance, and he realized that he lost track of time and the service had begun. He picked his last few berries that had identified, and he stuck them in the basket. He grabbed his basket, and he started to run to the service. On his way there, though, there was a root in the ground that was sticking up, and he didn't notice it because he was in such a haste, with such a full basket, he didn't want to spill them, that his foot caught the root, and he tripped, and he fell on the ground. He did like a Pete Rose-type slide. The basket tipped over, the berries went everywhere, and now this poor little boy, instead of being dressed up like everybody else was, instead of bringing his finest clothes and his best efforts to the Lord, instead he was covered in blood and sweat and mud and berry juice. He got up sad, began to cry, brushed himself off, grabbed his basket, and made his way to the church service. When he got to the doors, <clears throat> and he opened them up. Everybody was already singing and praising the Lord. And he noticed at the front of the church, there were all kinds of gifts of various sorts that people had brought as, a, as an offering to the Lord that day. But when he opened the doors and walked in, one person after another noticed him and people started to turn their heads and recognize the little boy. And the music started to slowly die down and he took his little basket up and he walked to the front of the service and he set his basket down and he said, I have nothing to bring the Lord today. So I give him myself. And he put one foot into the basket and then the other. And I thought, what a great way to illustrate today. So for those of you who don't know, thank you for coming on this special day. Next week, we'll be back in the book of Luke where we left off. But this is a special Sunday because today... It's a day that we've prayed and rallied and talked to our spouses and sought the face of the Lord and said, okay, God, here's what we sense you're telling us to do on your behalf. And part of Relentless Pursuit is attempting to raise $6 million over the next three years, not just by today, but over the next three years, uh, to do a significant work around here and to the ends of the earth. And I'll talk more about that in a minute. 
But what I wanna do before we get to that is I want to show you a passage in the Old Testament that I think best mirrors what we're doing today. And this comes out of 1 Chronicles. You're gonna see it chapter 28, 29. Before we put this up, let me just set the stage for you. That's okay, just leave it up. Let me set the stage for you. So what's happened is, is God, um, sorry, David wanted to build a temple for God. And he went to the Lord. He's like, I got this thing I wanna do for you, God. And God said, David, you can't build me a temple because you have blood on your hands. You're a warrior and you can't build my temple and be that kind of person. So somebody else is gonna have to build me this temple. Now, I'm well aware, for those of you who are really theologically astute and trained, I'm well aware of the difference between the New Testament and the Old Testament, the temple and the church. I, I get all those things. That's not the purpose of today. But what David is going to do, though, is he's going to gather those plans, and over the next two chapters in 20, 29, we'll look at pieces of it, he's going to gather a bunch of resources, and he's going to lay this all out in an exciting way because he's going to be coming towards the end of his life, and Solomon, the next king, his son, is going to take his place. And so what he does now is he calls up Solomon and he gives this charge to Solomon. D here you go. David also said to Solomon, his son, <clears throat> be strong and courageous and do the work. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord, my God, is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the temple of the Lord is finished. And I love this because David is just trying to encourage Solomon. Solomon, this may be hard. There may be times where it's difficult. It's complex. But when it's time, stay focused on the work in front of you. God will not fail you. Church, if you get nothing else out of today, I want you to get this one thing. God is with you. Amen. Therefore, you do not need to fear your circumstances, whatever they are. I get it, right? There's a lot of stuff on the news right now. Like, you know, inflation is going to the roof and home prices this and all these companies are going to lay people off. It's going to be this terrible, great since the depression. It's going to be just as bad or worse. And maybe all of that will come true. I have no idea. What I do know is God will not fail you. Amen. He will not fail you. Yes. And people have said, why are we doing this right now? This is the worst time. I'm like, I don't get to control the nation. I mean, I'd love that power. If you want to vote me in, write me in as president <laughs> next time around. I'm just kidding. Please don't do that. <laughs> I got enough on my hands, all right? But the whole point is I can't control any of that. All of this comes out of a firm belief that God is with us, God is for us, and God has said this is the time, and so we're just gonna faithfully follow him. But because God is never going to fail me or forsake me, I can move forward in faith in everything God wants to do. Let's talk for literally like a minute about what is relentless pursuit. And I'll just say, if you're visiting with us or you're new and you missed all of this, the last four weeks covered this in great detail. This is the non-detailed version, all right? This dollar we used last week, this is just an analogy of what it looks like. But we just break up the dollar into three parts because relentless pursuit's about three things. The first is this little sliver, 10% is going to outreach, missions, and church planting. We're gonna plant a church over the next three years, and the rest of this is gonna partner with our missionaries and our outreach partners. And here's the thing, I know when God is up to something because he keeps telling me the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. And it just so happened this morning, I opened the book of Galatians in my quiet time, I read the first two chapters. In chapter two in Galatians, Paul just has this one verse, and I've, God keeps bringing this verse to me over and over and over again in different places. And the verse says, do not forget the poor. So we've had people ask, why are we giving 10% away? It's because we do not want to forget that even though we need to do a significant work here on the corner of 10th and Dan Jones, we don't exist just for ourselves. We exist to impact people to the ends of the earth. So 10% of every dollar coming in is going to go out and support those who have needs. The next section here represents the 33% that we'll pay on debt. 
Someone else asked me this question. They said, Matt, it would really help me feel better about my commitment if I knew that the church wasn't going to take out more debt to get it done. And I said, that would make no sense to commit 33% of this to debt and then take out more debt to get the work done. We are committed to not taking out new debt. For those of you who don't know, we made a goal two years ago to pay down our debt by 75% within the next five years. That's our goal. We hope to get to it, and this 33% will go to that. The last 57% will go to various work that needs to be done in our building to seize the 100 to 150,000 square feet that are going to be available once our school is in a different location and to put work into this room. And so we've talked extensively over the last few weeks about what we do know, what we don't know, and where we are. But that's the way these three things are going to play out over the next three years. And today's a big day because today's the day we commit together to see where we are. And I'm going to share some numbers with you today that I know and some that I don't yet. But let's keep going, and I'll get there in just a minute. Let's come back to Chronicles. And what you're going to see is really important next because one of the ways that God is going to get this work and this work done is through this next section. First Chronicles 28, 21 says this, the divisions of the priests and Levites are ready for all the work on the temple of God. And every willing person skilled in any craft will help you in all the work. And what's happening here, priests and Levites are those who work in the temple. They work on behalf of God serving the people. That'd be like nowadays, be like the pastoral staff or whatever, right? The various people who work on the church staff. But then notice we have skilled craftsmen who get the work done. What we're going to look at in a minute is David donates a lot of his own personal gold and silver and bronze and turquoise and yada, and yada. It goes on and on and on, really. Like, I'm gonna, it goes on longer than I show you. Like, he's do- donating all this stuff to make it happen. But just because you donate supplies, you still need workers, One of the things I'm convinced, and some of you are hearing this right now, and God's going to plant a seed in you. One of the ways that we're going to get this work done is God's going to raise up experts in various fields. You might be great at drywall or electrical or plumbing or or stone work or whatever it might be, or yard work. I don't know. Whatever it is, God's going to put a goal in your heart to make it happen because God always gifts his people with the abilities needed to get the job done. That is what God does. So don't be surprised as we're moving forward, all of a sudden, some of you feel called like, I need to offer some of my time on a Saturday or whatever to help with the project. And we'll let you know what's coming up and what you can do when it's time to do that. Now, coming back to Chronicles, what we see now is David's work first. And this is the part where you're going to see is you're going to see this pattern. David's going to give first, then the leaders of Israel are going to give next, and then they're going to call all the people to give. That's kind of the flow. Here we go. First Chronicles 29 verse 2 says, With all my resources, I have provided for the temple of my God. Gold for the gold work, silver for the silver, bronze for the bronze, iron for the iron, wood for the wood. It gets a little redundant, I know. As well as onyx for the settings, turquoise, stones in various colors, and all kinds of fine stones and marble. All these in large quantities. So David is just letting you know, I have given, and I've given first, and I gave a lot. In fact, another passage just spells out a lot of what was actually given in detail. I'm just skipping some of that for focus. He says next, besides, like all besides all that I gave, in my devotion to the temple of my God, I'd now give my personal treasures of gold and silver for the temple of my God over and above everything I have provided for the holy temple, for the gold work and for the silver work and for all the work to be done by the craftsmen. Now let's stop and talk about this for a second. You may just say, hey, I live in America. I read a lot of leadership books. This is just really good leadership, David. Like if you want everybody to follow, you go first. That's how leaders lead, right? I read the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership or name your favorite leadership book. But David didn't have that book. This isn't David trying to be a great leader. For David, this comes from a different place. 
For David, this comes from a principle. He made a decision in his heart years ago that he would only offer to God something of value. In fact, the story goes like this. This is a long, complex story. I don't have time to go into, but Israel is under a discipline from God. And because of that, David needs to make Israel right with God again. And it's partly his sin that is a problem because if you don't know anything about David, he's a good man and a sinful man. Sound like any other men you know? Okay, so moving on. Some of you are like, wives, elbows to yourselves, all right? You know, you're talking about somebody else, not your husband, all right? So David, nobody, come on, give me a chuckle, all right? David, David, it was like, that was too personal, pastor. David, he goes to make things right with God and he's gotta make a sacrifice. And there's this guy there named Aruna, and he owns this field where David wants to make the sacrifice. And the guy named Aruna, he goes, David, I would be honored to do this for you and for my God, take it. And David says in 2 Samuel 24, 24, but the king David replied to Aruna, no, 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 I insist on paying you for it. Why? Because I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. So the whole idea here, David has it in his heart. I wouldn't dare bring God my leftovers. God is bigger than that. He's more worthy than that. God deserves my absolute best. He doesn't deserve my leftovers. I like to jokingly say he deserves my bestovers. God deserves my best. So I wouldn't even think of offering a sacrifice to God that didn't cost me anything. No way. That's an important principle as we're wrestling through all of this going, okay, God, what is it you're calling me and my family to do Like, if I could just not even think about it, like I find the change in the couch, like, oh, I forgot that was there, here you go. Is that what God is asking of me? And David's like, no, 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 not me. That's why he can make all this dedication of gold and silver and bronze and all the things. Now, after David does this, he stands up before everybody in 1 Chronicles 29, 5, he then says, now who is willing to consecrate themselves to the Lord today? So now David's like, look, I go first. I went first, I did this. Who's gonna follow my lead today? Is anybody willing to follow my lead? And that's powerful because what we'll see in a moment, we'll go through some of this. What we'll see in a moment is the leaders of Israel follow his lead and then the people of Israel follow their lead. And I just want you to know that as we've been on this journey for the last, this is the fifth week, five weeks, our kids and our students have been going through it too. And our high school students last week, high school students, what's up? That was so exciting. Did you hear that? You guys failed me now. I was trying to hook you up, ready? I want you to do this one more time on three, like you were at the concert last night, not like you're super tired, ready? One, two, three, high school students. There we go, that's what I'm talking about. So if you're visiting with us, or if you've been coming for a while and you don't know this, our high school students sit together up here, top right, every Sunday, and they meet on Sunday nights, and you need to check them out. Because last week, they did their commitment Sunday, and uh, I got this message from Christian, who leads them after the service, and here's what he said, ready? Hey, I just wanted to let you guys know that we had our high school students do their commitment cards last night for Relentless Pursuit. And I just wanted to celebrate that they have committed just over, I'll share that in a second, to Relentless Pursuit over the next three years. Because here's the thing I wanted you to get. It's this next part, ready? It's been super cool to read through some of their commitments and see how excited they are for Relentless Pursuit and not just in finances, but in everything in general. God's doing some cool things on our high school students. Can we just stop and say thanks to our high school students? Yeah. I love that because they did their commitment Sunday first, they went first. And it's so powerful. But what's more powerful to me is not the dollar amount. It's this, that they are excited to see the work of God's church take part here. 
First Chronicles 29.6 says, Then the leaders of families, the officers of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of thousands, the commanders of hundreds, and the officials in charge of the king's work gave willingly. So David goes first, and then all the leaders go, Our king has gone first. Let's follow his lead. And then everybody else just goes as well. That's why I just wanted to stop and celebrate our high school students. Ready? Celebrate that our high school students, we're gonna, we're gonna clap like crazy, right, when we see this. They have committed just over $6,800 to Relentless Pursuit. Good job, guys. We're being led by teenagers. Now, you think about it, many of these high school students don't have jobs yet. Now, some do. Like, where is that money gonna come from? Like, do they have to go to mom and dad and beg, borrow, and plead? Like, hey, I gotta make this commitment. I, I don't know. You know, some may cut grass or shovel snow that doesn't exist. Thank you, God, it doesn't exist. But, you know, whatever, whatever they come up with, I don't know how they got their number. Now, that was roughly 20 students who committed. Our high school group is much bigger than that. Like, I know my own kids, I have some middle schoolers and an elementary age son. Their number is wrapped up in our number. And so as my wife and I came up with our number, we know that they're going to do some work. They're going to raise some funds. They're going to give money that they get from birthdays or whatever and give it away. They're going to sell toys and things they don't want or need or have value. And that, all of that's going to be part of it. And so I realize there are other students whose numbers are wrapped up with their parents, but I just thought that was super cool because overall we've collected so far our staff, our elders, and a number of key leaders at Kingsway have already made commitments and they've let us know we're in, here's how much you can count on from us. And I have that number to share with you too. And I'm super excited about it. Because while this is a $6 million campaign, over three years, different people are gonna give it different ways at different times. We, we were talking with a guy, his name is Joel, and he does this all across the nation. And a couple of things he said is he said, Matt, don't be surprised if by the end of today, you aren't at $6 million. We're seeing this trend across the nation that especially like millennial and Gen Z, they don't love making commitments. It just scares them or makes them intimidated. It's not part of their culture, whatever it is. And so they'll give over time, but they aren't really good about committing. The hard part about that is it's hard to build plans if you don't know exactly what you're counting on. What I know is we have a really good solid start from those willing to commit and we've got something to build on that we can count on now for the next three years. I heard a story, some of you are like, just share the number, I'll get there. I heard a story this week about an older couple in our church and um, they, were, they were in their small group and they were just sharing and they were just saying, you know, when the series first started, I was really skeptical and I wasn't on board, I didn't buy in. By the end of the series, man, I'm, I'm so excited for what God is doing in our church, and I cannot wait to be a part of it myself. And God's going to tell that story over and over and over again for the next three years. People are going to join us who've never stepped foot in our doors. In fact, their names might be on the front of the stage or on one of these back pillars, and we're praying for them. God's going to do things in your business and in your private finances and in your life you didn't even think about, you didn't know was possible, and something's going to happen. You're going to have this amazing blessing. It's just going to come out of nowhere, and God's going to get your heart, and you're thinking, yeah, let's go buy that second home. God's going to say, hey, I want to see somebody in heaven with me instead of that, and whatever it's going to be, God's going to do things. And so what we're going to see is God's going to meet this need faithfully over the next three years. And we're gonna celebrate and celebrate and celebrate and celebrate just like we're about to right now. So already we have a number committed and that total is over $800,000. Yeah. And that's not including what happened at 9 a.m. today. So I just wanna be clear, that was before today. 
Now, the reason that's powerful, in two weeks, we'll take the total of this morning at nine and this morning at 11 and anything that comes in over the next two weeks, and we're gonna add those up and we'll share the number in two weeks, in two weeks. Because two weeks is a really important Sunday that I'll tell you about in just a moment. I wanna come back to Chronicles now because what happens is David's, David's coming to the end of his life and he wants to gather everybody together and he prays a prayer over them that is so important for what we're gonna do for the rest of the service today and I'm almost done. You're like, you're almost done? I mean, I can always keep going, but I'm almost done. But here's David's prayer. First Chronicles 29, verse 10. David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. Now just stop for a second. Again, this is important. David stands up and he just starts offering worship to the Lord. And if you know this, the word worship actually comes from two words together, worth-ship. It means to ascribe worth, to ascribe value. Worship is more than singing. When we give generously, when we serve the Lord, these are all styles of worship. When we honor God with our bodies, according to Romans 12, one and two, that's a form of worship. But when we actually gather together and we're singing and we're singing words to God and talking about how awesome he is, that is worship because we're ascribing worth and value to our great God and King. Now listen to the words that David says through that lens. He says, praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting, yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yes, that's awesome, right? Why is that awesome? Because David's like, what do I own that isn't yours? All the beauty, all the glory, everything, it's all yours. I'm just a manager, I'm a steward of everything but it's all yours. That leads to his next part. He says, yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. Amen. Amen. Yes. Listen, I, I realize some of you, especially some of you men, uh, you don't love singing. Like, can we just show up and have the pastor preach and we'll go home and watch the Super Bowl, right? Or whatever it is, right? God loves our singing, loves it. He loves when we ascribe worth and value to him and we lift up our voices. There's a passage in the Bible that says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. See, some of you, the only time you sing is when you're in the car by yourself or the shower because you think you sound better there. And... Um, I do. I don't know about everybody else. But the idea of coming together and singing is like foreign to you, but it's not foreign to God or God's people. For ever since the dawn of time, people have opened up their mouths to sing to God. And in just a moment, we're going to do that. The reason we did the sermon earlier in the service today is because we're going to have an extended time of worship where we just ascribe worth and value and praise to our God and invite him into our midst to receive the praise that he is due. And before we get there, I just want to show you the little last piece of David's prayer. We're skipping forward. You could read this on your own some more later. But in verse 16, he says, Lord, our God, all of this abundance that we have provided for building you a temple for your holy name comes from your hand. And all of it belongs to you. I know, my God, that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. 
all these things I have given willingly and with honest intent. And now I have seen with joy how willingly your people who are here have given to you. Lord, the God of our father, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, that's Jacob, keep these desires and thoughts in the hearts of your people forever and keep their hearts loyal to you. Man, I love that prayer recorded for us because David ascribes value to the Lord and then he reminds the people, it is all about God. Everything we do is about God and may we never lose sight of the fact that it is about him. So two little things real quick. First, in a moment, we're just gonna start singing and when we start singing, I want you just to sing. I just want you to worship. I don't want you to worry about your card or anything else. Just sing to the Lord. If you don't know the song, because we do some new songs occasionally, the Bible says, sing unto the Lord a new song. It's biblical. It's okay. Let the words kind of wash over you and become a voice for you to the Lord. If you're new here, all the songs are new. So just let the words do that. If you know it, build it out and sing it with us. I want you to know in two weeks, we're gonna share the numbers, whatever is committed today. And if anybody commits a card over the next couple weeks, and in two weeks, we're going to do something called first gifts. First gifts is like, Hey, would you just pray about whether you could give an initial gift? Some of you are going to give weekly. And so you've started that, but you're going to give a first gift and it's on the 26th. And the hope is that we don't have to wait till some future date, 18 months from now to start the work that God has called us to, that we can get an initial kind of pump of money there that we can start to do the work starting almost immediately. And we'll continue to talk about it and celebrate it. So we're gonna do that on the 26th. We'll talk to you more about how and what to expect. So I just want you to get those two things down. So don't move in the room until we tell you, just be in the moment. And then we'll say, now is the time, okay? All right, everybody pull out your communion cups. No matter what we do at Kingsway, this is the why. This is the why. Because here it is, John 12, 32. Jesus said, and when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. As a church, all the programs, the buildings, the ministries, all of it, it means nothing if we don't do that. We must lift up Jesus and Jesus will draw everyone to himself. Why do we lift up Jesus? Well, we know Jesus here is actually talking about the cross. Go ahead and pull up the little bread wafer with me. And we're gonna take this together this morning. So I just wanna offer a prayer like David did on behalf of the people. And just ask God to come and receive the worship that is due him, right? Father in heaven, we wanna lift up the great and powerful name of Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for giving up your life as a substitute for us. Thank you for dying in our place, receiving the death that we deserve, the punishment for our sins. God, thank you that when we were lost, you found us. When we were far from you, you chased us down. And God, thank you that you continue to reveal yourself to be a good and faithful father. Right now, we we eat this bread together, celebrating that we are the body of Jesus Christ here on earth. He is our head, he is our leader, he is our ruler, but we are here under his name and his authority. Go ahead and take the bread. Open up that juice. 
Jesus. I thank you that your blood was poured out to wash away our sins, to remove our guilt before the Father. Thank you, God, that you paid the penalty so we didn't have to. And Father, I just thank you for sending your son Jesus into the world to call us and draw us and to make us right with you again. And Lord, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus, may you be praised in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. You may drink your juice. I'm gonna ask you to stand now and just sing to God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength.